Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget that if you are one of our Patreon supporters, then on the private Patreon feed for you guys, we have just dropped uh, this week a 45-minute chat that Wem and I had. We got a question in from Sarah Jane and from Banjo asking us about what we would give in terms of advice and experience in terms of buying a site, but not necessarily just buying a site. What we would do if we were in the process of finding a site to rent again or looking at the buying process. So if you want to hear that one, you can head to patreon.com forward slash children of the forest. And if not, on with the chat with Leah. And I'm Lewis. This is the Forest School Podcast. Let's go! go good evening sounds very formal when i say good evening <laughs> good, good evening. evening everybody uh we're here we're here so with leah or oh, i was gonna attempt your last name and then i always backtrack on people's last name i'm gonna go attempt it lean dirts yeah well yeah it'll do <laughs> how would you say it <laughs> um well i do say lane dirts but it's fine a double e and dutch is is a ah uh, yeah, as it goes, but that's a tricky one. That's a trick question. I was right to be it hesitant. Is. I feel validated you were. now. We <laughs> you were. We're in. Um, well done. Leah, you are here to chat about, well, your work with the almanacs. Um, I was just saying yes. to Wem, I went and ran and grabbed, and I have 22, 23, and 24 in front of me. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and I've Thank got you. 2019. Does that Ooh. make me a bigger fangirl because I've got an yes, earlier version? <laughs> that, I don't know. You know, do I get more points for that? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the second one I, I ever made. Yeah. Was, uh, 2019, I think. I'm quickly yeah. checking my books now. Yeah, I think yeah. so. 2019 was my second ever yeah. one. Yeah. But I think Lewis and I stumbled across them completely independently because I think perhaps my sister gave me this one uh, one year for Christmas. And then, Lewis, you turned up one day and was like, oh, I've got this book. It's so good. And I was like, yeah, me too. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember you excitedly flicking through going, it's got recipes for biscuits every month. <laughs> so it was the first one. It was just like, yes, that is the thing. Um, so for anybody. Don't mind a few biscuits. Oh, yeah. Um, for anybody who hasn't uh, seen one of your almanacs, um, would you like to say a little bit in your own words about sort of what, what they are in a nutshell? Because some people haven't even ever heard that word, it seems. I've, I know I yes. I sort of thought it was something maybe only to do with like tide times that maybe people used mm-hmm. to use in the olden days. When I first heard that word, that's kind of what I associated with it. But yeah, do you want to say a bit about uh, what your almanacs contain? Well, yeah, you're right. An almanac can be just that. It can be anything really that's about... Uh, the year or about a year. So actually there's ones, there's a few that are sort of have a similar idea to mine in that they run through the year. But there's also things like um, Whitaker's Almanac, which is all about the cricketing year. I'm being tested here, testing myself here. 
the past cricketing years and what's happened in this sporting almanacs. And um, so, again, which will tell you who won what and all of that. So they're either about the year ahead or they're about the past year. Mm-hmm. But yes, mine um, kind of came about from looking at old almanacs because a very, very old form of publishing. It's been around forever. There's almanacs from, you know, the, the Nile, ancient Egypt and all of that about when the Nile floods and all of this sort of thing. That's a really, really old uh, form of publishing. My publisher puts on the cover of mine, um, the original and best-selling mm-hmm. almanac, which is slightly cheeky. <laughs> of true, all time. Revive it. Yeah. <laughs> Revived it between us. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so my idea really was to kind of look back at these kind of old rural um agricultural almanacs really and see what can be taken from them and brought into you know things that I'm interested in and that I wanted to know about and um so it's really a kind of guide to the year really well I suppose in terms of the things I want to know about it it's the sky at night it's the tide times because I really love when I go on a holiday I don't live by the sea but when I go on holiday I get those little yellow Tide timetables and that feel like there's a kind of poetry in those mm. figures stuff. I really always love that. I just love having that information, even though I'm in Bristol and not, you know, not knowing where, not by the beach or whatever. I love to know that stuff. Um, and the sky at night, what what planets we can see, uh, moon phases, gardening by the moon, you know, everything that I can think of really that is a kind of key into appreciating the seasons a little bit more was my the way I'm coming from it so I'm not coming from it necessarily as a farmer though there's a little bit of kind of farming-y stuff in there mm-hmm. um particularly for 2024 with the mm-hmm. theme is the garden but um really the my idea was this is a really lovely form for kind of celebrating each month and looking at each month and finding all the different ways that I can of um Make it creating little keys into enjoying the month. So a bit more practically, it's a little book. It's small, hardback. You can stick it in your pocket, um, carry it around. Uh, black and white, fo- uh, not photos, black and white drawings inside, lovely, colourful cover. Um, and um, it runs uh, through the 12 months of the year. So you literally read January and January and November and November and and all of that. How's that? Mm, that's that's great. great. Thank you. Yeah. And um, what we really like about them is that you mentioned the theme this year is the garden um for 2024 mm-hmm. and um and you do sort of have a theme for each year and a sort of particular focus um or some kind of like inspiration from different places which I really enjoy so one of them I seem to remember had um recipes from the Romani community I seem to remember was that was really really interesting and um uh, and this year also, as well as the garden, you've got uh, a bit of a collaboration with another, uh, with somebody else who's giving some offers, ideas for sort of meditations and marking the yes. year in that kind of way. Um, so each of those gives each one a different flavor, doesn't it? So that actually, mm. as well as the things that are, you know, yes, the kind of the night sky or the the tide times that are just part of the year and always will be, there's also a kind of influence, which kind of just gives it a, its own unique flavor, which I really like. Yeah, yeah. I've tr- sort of tried to um, make every year about 50-50, kind of 50% is the 
tables and all of those things that you've had before and that you expect and that you want to see. So when is the sun rising? When's the sun setting? What are the moon phases? All of that stuff. And then about 50% is kind of new or slightly different. And yeah, um, giving it a theme is just sort of partly it kind of happened naturally. The first one I did was sort of almost by accident. I thought it would be lovely to kind of concentrate on the moon a little bit. There were lots of moon names for each month. And I thought that's a really nice way of kind of uh, clicking into the month, you know, naming the harvest moon and the hunter's moon and uh, the moon before Yule and all of these things. They have stories behind them. You know, there's, it it was just a lovely way. And then, um, and I hadn't at that point really thought, you know, oh, it always has a theme. And then my publisher said, okay, so what's next year's theme? And I went, oh, Oh, is that what we do? She said, yes, mm, right. what we do. So that's what we do. Yeah. But it really helps actually to keep it fresh and keep it a bit different every year and to make me kind of stretch myself a little bit. And like you say, bring in other people, bring in other voices and other just other ways of appreciating the year and, and kind of looking at the year. Yeah, mm, we were just yeah. saying um, today we were chatting with uh, one of our volunteers she hadn't seen the almanacs before and we were going oh look we've got this one and we're talking to them there. and um we we're saying how like uh, uh, I I particularly get quite overwhelmed if you get like a huge book of way too many things you know it goes like this is all the things you could do in spring for example and it's just so much you never get around to doing half of it but having the themes every year means that it's like for me at least it's been sort of achievable to go like i've only got to do a soup i've got 30 days to do a soup and then next year (laughs) you get round and you can add to it but it means that when we're doing like planning for our sessions if it comes up we're not just looking at this year's we're also the library is sort of building very slowly and that's that's much more achievable i think than yeah these big volumes of like oh i've just punched my mic stand um yeah That's so nice because one of the things that I kind of wanted to do right from the start really was not make it so that only um, really able-bodied, energetic people could get a lot out of it, you know, so that it's not just for uh, people who can go out on big hikes or Mm. who can do this stuff. So there's always a different kind of way in and those can be really small, like you say, make a soup, make a biscuit, you know, if you're stuck in the house and you're ill or or whatever you can there's some way that you can appreciate the seasons you can look out of your window and you can see mars going past you know all of these sorts of little ways that actually are very small i really like the idea of making it really tiny and really really accessible to people in cities as well as a countryside i live in a city you know i know it can be hard to access nature um so it's lovely that that but that's worked for you um, as well, you know, even in that setting where you are actively um, looking for things to do. Yeah. Mm. And what's So you're in a city now and obviously lots of these books are, I would say, almost by by stealth, encouraging that kind of nature connection idea. What's your journey to sort of nature connection been like? Was it something that's always been with you or? Hmm. Um, well, I live in Bristol and I've, I'm from Bristol. So, you know, I've, I've always been here. It's a fairly greenish city so that we're not too starved of, um, of countryside here. But, um, I studied horticulture, actually. I was interested in gardening and then studied horticulture and then moved from that, actually went straight into journalism, um, 
and uh, wrote about gardening. So I've been a, a gardening writer for, for a long time. Um, so I have had that connection via the garden for a long time. And I actually kind of think that gardeners, you know, some people really, really need this book. Some people are very kind of divorced from the seasons and from um, uh, the way that the months change, you know, month after month. But um, gardeners aren't because it, you just simply can't garden without understanding that, you know, well, you can't stick your geraniums out at this time of year because in a couple of days time it's going to be there's going to be a frost and you know and all of that stuff you have to sow your seeds then and so I think gardeners develop actually quite a um, detailed understanding of the seasons that uh, most of us don't have so in a way it's almost not for gardeners because you know mm. they've got that stuff but they, they enjoy it anyway um so yes, I've had a garden and I've uh, been a gardener. Um, so I kind of um, came at it from that point of view. But also, I think um, because my main work is writing, um, I'm as guilty as anyone else of getting stuck behind a computer. I'm in a little terrace house in Bristol. You know, I um, can lose touch with the seasons just as much as anyone else. So the book is absolutely for me. I've never kind of tried to set myself up as the person who is living this ideal. It's kind of almost to encourage myself. Mm. So I have to say, since we've got two dogs, um, uh, how old have we? We've had them two years, I think, now. It's such they're such an amazing connection to the seasons because you are out, particularly I find in autumn actually, um, you are out every day and you literally and twice a day often, you see almost every leaf changing and every turn. And I do remember in the past, even though I was gardening, kind of coming out and thinking, oh, have I missed the autumn colour? You know, like I haven't really, because I've not necessarily been in parks or in, you know, now there is no chance of missing, mm. missing autumn. So that's been a really great way of kind of forcing me to yeah. be very They're such a great bridge, aren't they? Yeah. And especially if yeah. you're doing um, sort of similar routes where you're walking every day, yeah. then it's that connection to place, isn't it? Where you do notice the small changes because you are almost like a ritual kind of visiting those same spots and yeah, noticing every day the kind of yeah, yeah. The changes. Round and round. Um, and, and yes, that, you know, which plant is turning, um, which, which leaves are turning first and which, you know, you yeah. really see in all that detail detail so much detail that you know it's the limes that go first here and it's you know yeah it's quite amazing to, yeah the oak goes last and it's just you know you, there's no avoiding knowing it in that sort of detail so that's been rather lovely If you're enjoying the Forest School podcast, we wanted to let you know about the ad-free episodes and exclusive bonus content that you can get by joining us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash children of the forest today and become a Patreon, you get ad-free episodes of the regular podcast plus bonus things. Plus, when we have guests coming on, we try and get a little bit of a heads up and shout out there so that our Patreon supporters can ask us any questions that they want of those guests before the interview takes place. So head to patreon.com forward slash children of the forest. We really appreciate your support. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also wanted to bring up your, um, so as well as the almanacs, you've got your um, sort of emails that you send out 
that are um, your Living Almanac series mm-hmm. and some videos that you do. Um, and as you just said, you said you don't kind of put yourself up there as like the expert on all of these things. And I think you you very much give that down to earth vibe in your kind of communications and like some of the video things you're going, well, I've just found this out actually. And I've just been reading about this and I'm just sharing what I found, which is really, um, really lovely and really um I don't know, very um, sort of approachable and inclusive oh, for people. Um, and uh, one of the things I really love in your email communications is, um, I don't know if you've, if you've got a name for it, but where you notice sort of things that are happening this week and then invite your readers to also comment on what they've noticed sort of in nature or that are particularly seasonal and then put all those kind of comments together to end up being a bit like a poem. Um, yeah. Yeah. How did you come up with that idea or how did that start? It really happened by accident. So I wanted to start this kind of Substack thing, which is this weekly uh, newsletter to send out really, my initial idea was just sort of like, oh, authors ought to be doing this kind of thing, keeping in contact with people that are interested in the same sorts of things. And so I came up with this idea of doing kind of three seasonal things that I've noticed this week, thinking I'll be out on the dog walks anyway, I'll notice them. And almost immediately... I just got these amazing comments back. People joined in and they sent through um, their comments. Were They were doing the same. Um, I, pretty, I think I invited it, but I didn't ex- really expect it. And they were just beautiful, mm. like right from the start. Just so gorgeous, the comments. And it was like, and continues to be like, a load of little kind of windows into little different kind of moments different ways so I've just been doing this week's um and you know there's somebody talking about their daughter asked to wear tights instead of socks to school and somebody else saying um tea time it's dark outside and I've just got the candles out from the drawer and all these tiny little kind of um, glimpses of other people's lives and of other people's autumns and it just I mean they were there in the comments it's a bit daft because they're there in the comments people can just read them through but I really enjoy sort of picking them out and turning them into these little lines and I put it in italics mm. and um, just kind of make it fancy really and it just turns into this lovely thing and when I read it through I'm just like oh that is this week yeah. it's a really nice way of kind of making this little yeah, like you say, it's like a poem yeah. um, of the week and it's entirely sort of crowd, what's the word? Crowdsourced. Crowdsourced, yes, yeah, without yeah. quite realising. So entirely accidental and it's turned into this, but, you know, it would be not unusual at all to get 50 comments, 70 comments, mm. 100 comments sometimes. It's really, like, lovely because I think, I don't know, maybe people just like seeing their little thing kind of reflected back to them and they like seeing the whole thing made into a uh, this sort of lovely little piece of poetry mm-hmm. um, but I'm doing very little of it I'm literally picking them out and sticking them in and picking them out and sticking yeah. them in that, I rearrange them a bit that must be a very you know, human like experience that, though. that must be that, that, that must sorry? be a very human experience though of like if you lived in this sort of agrarian community that sort of noticing of small changes as the seasons that would have been the conversation. It's a bit like, you know, English people talking about like the weather, but if you were also sharing the, yeah, you know, we've got the waterproofs out this week or we've got the candles out, yeah. that stuff is, that would have been conversation for a long yeah. time. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's like, 
you can kind of overlook that this kind of minutiae of things is the seasons changing. It is the seasons. And, and what's amazing every time is how different each week is to the next. And I've always kind of thought this about the months. Like, you know, I think we're very lucky here in the UK that um, our seasons do change rapidly, actually. You know, if you're nearer the equator or if you're nearer the north, you've got a steadier kind of thing going. Well, maybe no, not the north, but certainly nearer the equator. But here we've got this kind of midway thing that kind of means that every month is, you know, if you don't like one month, well, just hold on tight because there's another one coming in 30 days time, you know, and they just kind of turn around. And I, it's been really interesting to see how that actually relates week by week as well. You know, it's just, it's not changing. Um, and, um, and yeah, how, like, you know, how, how quickly we're sort of tripping on into autumn, into winter, um, and it goes on and on. Um, it's just, yeah, it's really lovely. And what I, what I really love, though you say, like, I do love to see the kind of more traditional things, like you're saying, the agrarian stuff, the, you know, what are people doing outside and also, but also I kind of really like, like, you know, people writing, I don't know, settling down to watch Strictly, on the, you know, because <laughs> yeah. all of that stuff is yeah. also our seasons now. I think, you know? yeah, the last um, the, the last one I read of... was talking about like seeing certain things for sale in Sainsbury's and things like that, you know, yes, it's just like yes, it's real, you know, it's not stuff. just that kind of um, super, super nature connected. So yeah, where yeah, you yeah. kind of read it and go, yeah, God, I should have been outside a bit more. This no, no, actually, quite. Why like... haven't I picked any rose hips? Damn it. You know, it's actually more <laughs> real and very grounded and quite yeah, meditative and like, well, yes I went it? to Sainsbury's and I saw that too yeah you know? yeah like, exactly you know, exactly I that really like that yeah, yeah. and I guess and like yes I really love that one of the um of switching from socks to tights like yeah it is that week yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and I guess um with that and what you're doing with the almanac they're both um sort of marking the moment aren't they they're just sort of trying to slow down and go what and which is a very mindful thing to do is to go I'm not thinking so much about the future or the past right now I'm literally noticing the tiny details as you say about right now which is a really healthy mindful thing to do isn't it yeah yeah and I think it's it's been really good for me to kind of um to force myself to, you know, separate really to writing the almanac, the um, the Substack and the newsletter has kind of really made me stop and sort of see what is all this about, and and um, and it is exactly that. It is really about that kind of mindfulness and about appreciating the moment. I think it's so so easy for all of us to go through the year kind of wishing for summer, wishing for Christmas, you know, you've got these kind of highlights in the year that you're sort of aiming at and holding out for. And actually, you know, we're all just living and it's kind of, you know, we don't get enough of it. Let's enjoy every moment if, you know, not that you can, but, you know, find little ways to at least be in the moment, whether you're enjoying it or not. It's hard to enjoy a, a soggy February day, but at least if you can kind of appreciate what it is and how it is a part of that whole cycle and be in it. Mm. I feel like that's just got to be a a good thing rather than just thinking, oh, you know, I don't know, six weeks until the weather gets better or, mm. or whatever. So yes, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah.
Hey, lovely Forest School people. I know people listening to this, you are bored of doing damper bread. You are bored of doing marshmallows. You're probably bored of doing hot chocolate. So I wanted to let you know about the book Forest School Cooking that I've written. It is half recipes that are going to take you away from the boring marshmallows and damper bread that are driving you mad and into like cool meals and things on sticks and fast things and slow things and the other half of the book is all about different ovens and stoves and things that you can build to cook in different ways uh, I know we personally have had it where you realise that what we're doing this week oh we're frying something on the frying pan what we're going to do next week we're going to fry something in the frying pan so building up loads of different ovens like rocket stoves and pizza ovens it's all in the book and it helps you to grow your cooking from something that the kids are just waiting to get the sugar into them to something that they're actually enjoying and getting a bit more out of that cooking so you can find your copies on amazon of forest school cooking and take your cooking to the next level today do you do you ever find yourself feeling split between the the email bits that are to do with sort of reflecting on the moment and then you're I don't know do you write sort of ahead you know are you writing about August in the middle of February and is does that feel weird in any way yeah <laughs> well actually yeah um so the funny thing about the almanac is I imagined when I first sort of pitched it and first started it that I would be writing it as it happened so I would be in April I would be writing April and and it absolutely hasn't worked <laughs> out like that at all um just there is a sort of definite cycle to the to the year of writing it and it doesn't work out like that um and is another reason why the subject's been so lovely because that just is you know it can't be anything other than in the moment and it's happening that's kind of why I called it Leah's living almanac it's like we're doing it we're doing it right now you know seat of our pants and and hold on but no I Actually, when I'm writing the almanacs, I tend what I've found in the end by experiment is that what works better for me rather than sinking into one month and writing all of one month is I sink into one section. So I will write the toughest sections first, or the not toughest, but the ones that take the most thought and are going to require a little bit of perhaps a bit of poetic thinking. And so when I've got the most time ahead of me and I've got the most kind of breathing space. I do all of those bits and I start in January and I work all the way through to December. And that is kind of hard, but, you know, I sort of obviously I'm trying to listen out and watch out all year round for um, for things and make sure I'm noticing so that I can do that. Um, and then I go back to the beginning and I do the next toughest section, which might be. And then eventually I get through to the easy bits, which is, um, I don't know, the moon phases and the stuff that I've already got the data for and stuff like that. So I start off actually very, very slowly. It really is like turning a wheel very slowly <laughs> and it kind of sort of um, creaks into gear, really. And I get this. And then by the end, I can be doing like 12 pages a day because I'm just whipping through uh, getting the data down in the right way and stuff like that but at the start it's this very very slow kind of mm -hmm. uh, getting going so um but sorry to answer your question which I didn't really is um do I get confused yes I get confused all the time because it's now 2023 I'm selling the 2024 almanac and I'm just starting working on the 2025 oh, wow. almanac so I'm just like what year is it what month is it I don't know <laughs> this is you know this is the um the problem with writing an almanac is actually I'm like two years ahead yeah and I should be in the moment I yeah 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 <laughs> well I guess your weekly stuff yeah keeps you 
keeps sort of pulling you back to the present exactly. a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the 2024 one, um, you say the theme is the garden. And for each month, you've got a little kind of garden craft or activity, which struck me as being um, sort of particularly child friendly. So a lot of our sort of audience are um, forest school practitioners or um, parents or teachers who are working with children in nature a lot. Um, I wondered, was that something that you like, were you thinking of children when you were writing this one or families? Were you thinking about things specifically maybe to make um, the sort of connection with uh, with nature in the year sort of more accessible to children? Or were you just thinking, oh, well, I quite like to do these crafts anyhow as an adult because they're, they are, they are, you know, I'm not just saying that they are just for children, but um, do you know what I mean? They are quite accessible yeah. if you wanted to do that with a couple of kids um, sort of joining in. Yeah, um, I think a bit of both actually. I know that um, a lot of uh, a lot of kids do enjoy it, um, and a lot of families enjoy it, and a lot of grandparents I think really enjoy reading bits of the almanac with the grandchildren, and you know if they've got that sort of time to do that stuff. So I kind of slightly thought of them and of thinking, you know, what's a really nice thing to to do together. Um, but also, yeah, I was sort of hoping that adults too would um, enjoy making a little summer flower mandala or, um, you know, preserving their leaves and, and things like that. Um, so really, um, yeah, a bit of a bit of both. I think um, I think I, it's it's not hasn't wasn't particularly designed for children. It's not like a children's almanac, mm. but um, I know that loads of kids really do enjoy it but I think even more people enjoy it together with their kids so that's a really lovely thing that people have told me is that at the beginning of the month they sit down and they read it with them or read sections of it with them to kind of um, sink into the month with them really and to kind of give them that kind of connection to uh, the months which is just such a gorgeous gorgeous thought you know as an author that's almost like the ultimate thing the idea that people are taking it and reading it with their kids and, and sharing this kind of idea is just lovely. So, um, so yeah, a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Would you ever write a what, version for children? I can really imagine that really working, you know? Yeah, we've talked about it. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, I think because it is used sort of in that way already, yeah. I think probably not, but I don't know. Never say never. Yeah. Not sure. <laughs> Has there been anything with the with the themes? Whenever there's a, a constraint like that with people that have done um, various sort of iterations of a book, I'm always curious to know if there's ever been a time that they found something out afterwards. You're like, have you ever gone, oh, if I'd known about this biscuit thing, three years ago oh that would have been a great one but biscuits is gone now so I'm not allowed to think about biscuits anymore <laughs> um yeah absolutely I think that happens all the time actually I'm trying to think of an example and I'm struggling to but yeah I mean it's it's always I think gonna be kind of an perfect thing and it's um it's funny because at the moment like I say I'm starting to work on 2025 and what I'm trying to do is all of those kind that kind of research and those kind of connections I give myself lots of time so that I do find those things and so I don't kind of get surprised and go ah oh, that was what I was sort of trying to get at and that's the perfect thing um and just sort of making sure that all of that stuff kind of weaves in together and and works and that I find um 
find all the right things. But absolutely, absolutely. But hey, there's always another year. And, biscuits you know, around too. Like you say, perhaps we can't do biscuits immediately <laughs> after biscuit of the year, but I could probably sneak one in at a later date. So this is the absolute beauty of having an annual publication is all that stuff that I kind of miss out or forget about. There will be a chance that I can include it uh, later on, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Hey, podcast listeners, if you are enjoying the show, there's a small but very powerful thing you can do to support us, and it's completely free. If you can take a moment to rate, review, and share the podcast, it means the world to us in terms of sharing all the wonky goodness that we're getting up to with more and more people. Thank you so much to everybody that's already left reviews. We do read them uh, and try and reply to people if we can. Uh, Sharing it and getting the word out to more people really helps what we're doing. Thank you all so much. What does that you you mentioned then about the sort of your starting the research bit for 2025? What does obviously without giving out loads of all your secrets, but like what does that look like in terms of because some of the stuff in these books is it feels like very folk word of mouth type knowledge, and so and I'm just curious about that kind of you know how do you link up with those people? How do you find them or do they find you? Um, anyone in particular do you I just I, I just think in terms of like because a lot of forest schools in the UK are linked to that kind of uh history of the land and those very like yeah. um specific things that come with place but some people yeah. can really struggle to access those things to find them I suppose if they're not already linked with a community that's been there a long time or with all those things so when it's like the folk stories that are in here or the different things that come up, I'm always kind of kind of curious about how you collect yeah. those things. Um, yes, I don't know. I've got quite a good um, decent library now of sort of folk stories and folk songs and, and things like that. With the um, So I suppose it's kind of finding little things, little keys, little keywords I suppose that I can use to to link things together um with the folk songs in particular that they I do um in conjunction with a guy called Richard Barnard who's um a um Bristol composer and he I sort of throw really well last year was the first time we quite did it like this um, we've done it slightly different ways each time, but last year I kind of threw the idea at him really and said, look, the theme is the garden. I want, can you find me, you know, a folk song that relates to January that's about the garden for January and do the same and do the same, you know, all the way through. And then, you know, and he came back with some and then I came with a few ideas. So between us, so he obviously had those kind of um links and those um contacts I think and obviously that you know the education in it um to find that out so that's really good so that's partly it is that slowly over the years I've started to bring in um a few more people and um ask around and then just yeah books and um you know dare I say it a bit of googling and mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of that and um yeah that's uh I also, um, you mentioned the meditations yeah. woman this year. She's actually somebody who I know, who I met. I go to a women's circle that she runs every month. 
And I just thought immediately is that she has this a yurt on her land, this really beautiful land, and she has her own yurt, and she runs these monthly women's circles. And she would sit there and talk to us about the months and about the moon energies and all of that stuff. And I don't know anything about all that stuff. I haven't really... Um, I, I'm not even entirely sure if I'm a believer or any of that stuff, but I thought it was such a lovely other way into the year and kind of almost like say a meditation and um, just a way of kind of stopping and and focusing on the year. So I asked her if she would um, would write something for us. And I think it's just so lovely what she has written. Um, again, it's a little bit woo and and all of that, which generally I've sort of slightly avoided but I think oh maybe there's a bit of space for that too (laughs) just a sprinkling of woo is always nice I find yeah just a sprinkling yeah (laughs) yeah that is a bit actually when we were showing our our volunteer today that she kind of opened it and was um looking at the bits in that section which was your table this month may have you know and you know a bit of lichen or some bare twigs and and she was like oh that's such a great idea which is sort of like a kind of yeah mindful nature table yeah. idea I guess yeah I do love it I'm sure you are very au fait with nature tables mm. yourself <laughs> basically yes, I do love a nature loads table. of random crap and on all the surfaces of my house rather than a beautifully curated <laughs> nature table <laughs> sort of like my family going what the conkers everywhere you know rather than <laughs> just one perfect conquer on a beautiful yes, yes. wooden table it's, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit the other way around my household does nature pockets which is any clothing Ooh. jacket things you could just empty it there's acorns <laughs> twigs whatever mm. it's very wholesome and woo uh yeah. <laughs> beautiful yeah oh amazing lovely um sorry i'm trying to think through i did have a thing on this one with your with the recipes that are in these ones because recipes have been a theme throughout all of them um and i was wondering about again i suppose it links back to that thing of doing things out of season these presumably these recipes all at some point get tested do they do they all get tested and i suppose does it feel weird having a roast in the middle of july (laughs) um they do all get tested um to be honest i have somebody who helps me with that so i sort of come up with the general idea for it and then she beth al rickaby um she she develops them and then we talk about them and taste them and all of that and then we so she does lots and when we did the um the bun of the month um she said you know i think you've given me gluten intolerance (laughs) because she was having to (laughs) test and test and eat these um, buns over and over again um so i slightly um yeah ship that uh out to somebody else to do the very out of season thing um but yes i mean that's just part of the part of the job unfortunately yes if we had um endless time we would be eating the correct bun at the correct uh time of year but it doesn't quite work out like that yeah um, only really gets tricky when you get the very very seasonal ingredients so your um uh your wild garlic or your gooseberries yeah. and things like that that's where you know you really do need to be testing those things in season because it just is no nothing really mm. else like it yeah so, yeah um, yeah those have to be done right 
Um, I've just just looking through the 2019 one to go. Oh yeah, what was what's in October for for that year? And uh, happened upon the recipe for soul cakes, and then followed uh-huh. by the soul cakes um, song yeah. for Halloween. Um, and I did use this actually in. Uh, I, I hadn't heard that song until I saw it in the book and sort of played it on the piano. And went, oh yeah, actually. And since then, I've heard it quite a few times. You know, when you you've heard something or seen yeah. something, and then you notice it everywhere. Um, and we did use it at Forest School, and we sang the song. And when we made oh, yeah, a sort of vegan version of of soul cakes, and um, oh, so I definitely recommend these. You know, if, if you're listening and you're a you know Forest School leader or or anyone who's working with children through the seasons, then I think these are an absolute sort of must have really to kind of dip in and as a of inspiration for activities and um, and ways to mark the year. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for talking to us. It's uh, been an absolute pleasure. Um, before we go, um, is there anywhere else that people can find your work? Um, so obviously there is the almanac that you can, uh, that you can buy. Um, and you have, a, you are part of another podcast as well. I know I can yes. find that. What's that called? Podcast is called As the Season Turns and it's quite short. It's about 30 minutes long. Um, and it's really, it comes out on the um, first of every month and it's kind of intended as a kind of, again, another sort of sinking into the month, you know, here we go, let's get ready for this. I do it in collaboration with Fern, who are a perfume maker, organic perfume maker, and um, we just sort of put together, it's not just me, um, uh, there's little bits from the Almanac, uh, little original bits, and then there's other people that contribute bits as well. And it's all just, you know, similar kind of stuff, but there's some folk songs in there and there's um, a recorded sound every month um, from like from nature and um, a little herbarium thing and we at the moment we're doing um, island of months so we're going around and looking at a different island that's got a story that relates to the month each month so Mm -hmm. all of that so yes there is the podcast and you can get that in anywhere that you Mm -hmm. uh, find podcasts Um, what else I think that's it I do yes the almanacs the Substack which is Leah's Living Almanac, uh, which is a free weekly newsletter that we were talking about yeah and uh, yeah the podcast yeah amazing fabulous yeah and the twenty twenty four almanac is available to buy now isn't it even though I mean it, it's, Christmas is coming quite rapidly it closer is. but it does seem weird to be already thinking about 2024 <laughs> but um but yes now is the time but you need to get it now yes. you need to pre-order it so that you're ready for January. You don't want to get it yeah, at Christmas. Yeah. Yes, get it's it true. You ahead of time. Yes, unfortunately. I think it's yeah. true. Yes, you need to get someone to buy it for you and then wrap it up and put it away somewhere so you don't read it all. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be very um, strict with yourself and stick it in a cupboard when it arrives. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Thank you so oh. much. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Oh, lovely. Lovely it's to been really lovely. You. Thank you very much. Cheers, Thank you. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And we wanted to let you know that we want to hear from you, the Forest School community. If you've got questions, topics you'd like to explore, uh, books you want us to review, share your ideas and thoughts with us by emailing childrenoftheforest at outlook.com. Your input is what fuels our episodes and we can't wait to connect with you.